and welcome to Rewire with Duchess Dale. Whether you're a baby boomer or a baby zoomer, a millennial or an elder ally, enjoying retirement or planning ahead, this podcast provides tips and information that turn into inspiration for living your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess. Thanks for joining us for episode 16 as we round out the glorious month of October. Today is October 25th, which means it's National Punk for a Day Day. Now, I'm not talking about punk music unless you're thinking about punks from West Side Story, which were jets and sharks. I'm thinking more like jets and snarks because in our household, we use the word punk as an endearment with an edge when one or both of us are misbehaving. Tomorrow is Pumpkin Day, and I grew up loving pumpkin, but I loved it because my grandma always called it pumpkin pie, or called me her little pumpkin. And I love pumpkin and pumpkin then, even to this day with pumpkin spice everything. (laughs) And Friday is Black Cat Day. This is to bring our awareness about the well-being and safety of black cats, particularly during the Halloween holiday. If I can encourage you to keep your black cats safely indoors. Now, even if you can find your Halloween treats within all the stores that are laden with Christmas decorations, I encourage you to think about what treats you might be able to share that have nothing to do with sugar or candy. I know you will probably get your fair share of costumed youth coming to your front door asking for free candy, but what if we did something sweet for someone else who maybe didn't even ask? Another grown-up who probably isn't in costume and might not even be eating sugar in their diet. What sweet thing might you offer to someone else or maybe even to yourself? I know that if you thought about it, you could come up with many ways that you could practice random acts of kindness that had nothing to do with sugar. And it's a whole lot less expensive and better for your teeth. Although Saturday is National Chocolate Day. Speaking of teeth and chocolate, October is also National Dental Hygiene Awareness Month, so I invited my own dentist, Dr. Taylor Leeper, and hygienist, Lizette Gutierrez, if they would be willing to come on the show today and share some information that would help us improve our own dental hygiene. Welcome. I'm very excited today because I get to interview two people that I know. I'm here at North Course Dental, and I get to interview my dentist and my oral hygienist today in celebration of National Dental Hygiene Month. Welcome, and Dr. Leeper, would you start by introducing yourself? My name is Taylor Leeper. I'm a dentist at North Course Dental. I've been working for this company for about three years. I graduated dental school in 2017, and I'm a native to Albuquerque. Now I'd like to have my dental hygienist introduce yourself and tell a little about you, who you are. Yes, my name is Lizette Gutierrez, um, and I'm a RDH, a registered dental hygienist. I'm new to the field. I graduated this year, actually, from Pima uh, Medical Institute, 
Nonetheless, I've been here at North Coors Dental over eight years as a CDA, a certified dental assistant. So I just went ahead and furthered my career. But I've been in Albuquerque since 2011, but I'm originally from Las Cruces, New Mexico, born and raised. Wonderful. Congratulations on graduating and joining the team. Dr. Lieber, I'm going to turn to you to give us a little information, not only about National Oral Hygiene Awareness Month, but in particular for patients who might be older. Are there things that you could share with us? The big thing I wanted to talk today about is about dry mouth, because I think most patients who are in the older category uh, are typically on several medications. And when patients are on five or more medications, they're at about 20 to 30% higher risk of uh, having dry mouth happen because anytime you have multiple medications involved, there are almost certainly side effects of those medications to create dry mouth. Mm. And when you say dry mouth, that is the condition when the, the mouth gets so dry throughout the day or at night during sleeping, right? Right, right. Anytime that there's a decrease in saliva flow, that would be considered dry mouth. Other things that can cause dry mouth are typically linked to radiation treatments. Anytime you've had cancer and had to have a radiation treatment, you could be at higher risk for it. And pretty much any autoimmune disease, but there is a specific autoimmune disease that specifically dries out. Mucous membranes called Sjogren's syndrome, and that can happen also later in life. Interesting. I had never heard that medications could complicate things. I just thought that was part of the aging process. So that's good to know. Are there specific medications that might flag that for people? Some of the typical ones would be anything that is an antihypertensive, so anything to control high blood pressure. Diuretics, also very common in controlling high blood pressure. And kind of like the anxiolytic drugs, diazepam, triazolam, that type of thing. And then any analgesic agents, Anything that's Tylenol, ibuprofen, it can temporarily increase dry mouth symptoms. Same with antihistamines like like Benadryl, it can temporarily do that. If you're on any of those for long term, you're going to continue to have probably chronic dry mouth start to happen. Most interesting. Lizette, what can you share about that? Because you're so good about educating the patients, me being a patient, I know that. So what could you share I think just like Dr. Leeper mentioned, I think sometimes just being aware of the medications that you're really taking, if you really go down the list, there's about 400 medications that are known to cause dry mouth. So just knowing the kind of medication you're taking, being aware that it doesn't pertain just to a certain category, and also just noticing in the mouth. Some people, I think that when I ask, do you feel like you have dry mouth? their answer will be no, even if the signs are there, like their gums are inflamed or they're irritated or swollen or there's lack or uh, slow flow of saliva. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think over time they become unaware of not having that nice flow or that production of saliva right. in the mouth because they become so used to it. Being self-aware and knowing the medications that you're taking and coming routinely into the dentist just so they have a second opinion. Not being a new patient anymore since I'm a regular patient, would you recommend that either new patients or existing patients notify their hygienist and their dentist, did you know I'm on such and such or I've been taking ibuprofen or whatever analgesic uh, so that the, you on your dental team can support them. I would definitely recommend updating your 
your dentist and hygienist every single time that you've come in, if there have been changes in your medical history or changes in your medications. So that way we can update our lists and also keep you in the know in case we are noticing issues and we can help you move forward and try to increase your saliva flow. Great idea. Lizette, is there anything that a a patient can do if they're having dry mouth? Yes, I think it's more specific to the problem or issue that you're having. Like Dr. Lieber mentioned, there's a lot of saliva substitutes that you could use. Also, water intake plays a big role. Make sure that you're having proper water intake. There's oral rinses that will kind of stimulate that as well or help with dry mouth that you could take. Nonetheless, just keeping good oral hygiene will make a difference too as well. You could also chew sugar-free gum or lozenges to kind of stimulate the saliva flow. So there's a couple of options. Normally, I recommend mostly just trying to manage without medication because medications already have side effects, right? The main side effect of taking a medication that stimulates your saliva is actually profuse sweating. Oh, what? So, that does... <laughs> you know, it's not a great, great side effect. Most not... people don't want to deal with that. You're right. So... And not everybody would tell them that. No. So I think that it's better to, perhaps, as you say, deal with uh, drinking more water or chewing sugar-free gum, etc. I typically recommend to patients who are having dry mouth issues trying to drink alkaline waters, frequent sipping of alkaline water, because part of the issue is the acid and trying to avoid acidic foods and drinks. Because mm. when you have an increase in acid, your mouth is already dry, the acid is going to dry it out even more. Kind of same thing with alcohol. You don't want to be intaking a lot of alcohol or drinking a lot of caffeine because all of those substances will just dry out your your mouth more. I'm sorry. You I, you couldn't have said not that much caffeine. Not to me, <laughs> Dr. Lieber. <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> my other favorite thing that I always recommend to all of my dry mouth patients is something called xylomelts. And I will tell Duchess what it is so she can put it in the I'll type the it notes. in. I normally find it at Walgreens or Amazon. They are a huge help. My dad and my mother-in-law personally are both using them. It has made a huge difference in their in their health. Excellent. My listeners know I tend to lean towards all those things the best that we can, if we can do it organically, naturally, or with something that I'll type into the notes and I'll repeat it again later so people know how to find it, rather than, again, as you say, getting a different medication, which will create different side effects. <laughs> Lizette, what else would you like to share about good oral hygiene awareness. I think since we're focusing on dry mouth, another thing that just came to mind is for patients that use inhalers, make sure that they rinse their mouth after each use just to kind of hydrate and rinse that medication because since it's taken through the mouth, it kind of dries the mucous membrane inside your oral cavities. I would say to those patients, don't forget to rinse your mouth after that. Drink a lot of water, chew gum, come in regularly. Brush and floss. Brush and floss. <laughs> I can't say that enough. But. I, I was hoping I wasn't going to say it at all. I wanted it to be about that, but yes, it's an important aspect. It's probably the number one thing anyone can do is keeping good oral health by brushing twice a day and flossing once a day. And in some cases with dry mouth, maybe a tongue scraper might be warranted because oh. tongues change shape when you lose saliva as well. 
that's fascinating. <laughs> now, you guys would know that. We probably wouldn't notice that on ourselves. We don't notice its different shaping. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry this isn't visual, so I could show pictures of, of different shapes of tongues. It would be interesting. And what I'm hearing today is obviously good oral health with flossing, brushing, and drinking lots of water, and good diet, and all that, and exercise just because. These other things are so important because... I would imagine most people don't think about the fact that if they are on a medication, that it could have contraindications elsewhere. With a lack of saliva and dry mouth, I think most people just think specifically because we're in New Mexico where it's very dry here, that that's part of the lay of the land, but it is much more organic to the individual. Yes, it is. Don't get me wrong. You can definitely have dry mouth for dehydration. <laughs> there are, in an older population, there are other things that we should consider as well. Excellent. This is a reminder to older patients when they next go in for their cleaning or any other thing that to mention changes in medication or diet or symptoms and stay current with what supports them where they are at the age they are. Any other little tips or tricks that you'd like to mention? Um, I was just going to mention a couple of other things. Oh, good. I was talking a little bit about radiation and how that can affect your saliva flow. Most people who have had head and neck radiation will lose between 50 and 60% of their saliva flow. I talked a little bit about how other autoimmune diseases and other diseases can cause dry mouth. I was just going to give a quick list of the big ones that some people seem to have the most trouble with. One is lupus rheumatoid arthritis, <laughs> poorly controlled diabetes, and end-stage kidney disease. If you have any of those and you seem to be finding that your mouth is drier and drier, that could very well be part of the cause. I just wanted to touch real quick, Sjogren's is not a very common disease, but it is typically found in women between ages of 40 and 65, and it typically does not occur after the age of 65. I will also mention that Sjogren's is typically found when someone already has another autoimmune disease. I had never heard of that disease, so I'll have to look that up and see. Yeah. That. Obviously, if a listener has it, they're going to know and yeah. respond to what you're saying. Yeah. The rest of us are going to just Google it. I think that's really all I had to talk about. Oh, that was the other thing. If you have dry mouth, sometimes you can have a normal amount of saliva, but the quality of the saliva has changed. So it becomes all of a sudden kind of thick and ropey no longer kind of smooth and you just feel like you're constantly dry or that you have a burning sensation in your mouth or that you can't swallow. Those can all be symptoms of dry mouth. Then they would contact their dentist and find out a plan or maybe try some of these initial over-the-counter yeah. solutions. Start I would up. also mention it to their physician as well because if it is really severe, maybe a change of medication may be warranted mm. or if it's super severe, is a drug that can help increase saliva flow, it just has other side effects. But then yeah. at least the patient going in can be conscious about that. Yes. Rather yeah. than automatically, just give me a prescription for dry mouth. What I'm hearing today, which is expanding my oral awareness, is the, the synergy of dental and medical, because I often think of it separately. Of course, I know that what you eat and do is going to affect both, but I think of them as two separate <laughs> industries, if you will. <laughs> Hearing this is a wonderful way to integrate that awareness, hygiene awareness, as well as physical awareness. Lizette, what would you like to add? 
Just adding on to the topic of cancer patients or radiation patients is mucositis. Things to look out for when there's signs of it. It's painful swelling of the mouth and the tongue. It could lead to ulcers, mouth ulcers that are very painful or making it difficult to eat. The gums are dehydrated if you will, because mm. it causes the dry mouth. But nonetheless, some things that you could look out for if you think you're experiencing mucositis or the effects of radiation therapy. On the other hand as well, it alters your taste. You get kind of a metallic taste, if you will. Oh, or, right. or foods don't taste the same. They don't oh, taste the same to you. So just things to be aware of and kind of look out for. If you're not sure that you have dry mouth, some patients mm-hmm. will be like, I don't have dry mouth. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Just a couple of things to look out for. That's great because that's what this show is about. Increasing awareness so that people get information and then they get inspired to take action. Either call their dentist or their physician or notice their own chemistry. I want to ask one question before we wrap it up. When you said inhalers, are you talking about like asthma inhalers or sleep apnea inhalers? Both. Both. (laughs) They both said both at the same time. Okay. So then you want to rinse after that and obviously clean them and Okay. Yes, that's the thoral cavity, um, and that should help. Okay. So to wrap it up, I'd love to ask each of you, what is your favorite thing about your job? Uh, Dr. Leeper, we'll start with you. Uh, I think my favorite part of the job is, um, <laughs> is getting to know the patients and uh, trying to help them move forward in their dental health. Excellent. As your patient, I am glad to hear that. (laughs) This is not really a commercial, but I am glad to hear that. (laughs) Lizette, what is your favorite part? I think I would say patient care. I think that that to me is most meaningful. I mean, from being a certified dental assistant to now a dental hygienist, it's patient care. Making sure that the patient's aware and taken care of. I will attest to the fact that seems to be my experience with both of you. I want to thank you for taking time today for this and helping to inspire older people and other folks or caregivers or family members how to have better dental oral hygiene. (laughs) Breaking news. The annual Conference on Aging returns for its 45th year to offer inspiration, education, and ways to empower seniors, family members, and caregivers. The event will take place on Monday, November 13th and Tuesday, November 14th at the National Hispanic Cultural Center in Albuquerque. This conference is a celebration of seniors and their invaluable contributions to our community as well as an opportunity for attendees to gain valuable insights, resources, and connections to enhance their quality of life and well-being. Conference highlights include, renowned experts and thought leaders in the field of aging will deliver inspiring talks and presentations on a wide range of topics, from health and wellness to financial planning and caregiving. Interactive workshops, and opportunities to connect with others. Also, a diverse array of exhibitors and service providers. Can you spell swag? Mark your calendars now for November 13th and 14th at the National Hispanic Cultural Center, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Registration is $10 and some scholarships are also available. 
contact the New Mexico Aging and Long-Term Services Department at www.aginnm.gov or call 1-800-432-2080. And we are excited to announce that this podcast, Rewire with Duchess Dale, will have a booth at the conference and you will have a chance to meet her in person. Rewire your calendar and meet us there. Thanks again, Dr. Lieber and Lizette. I learned so much and I am already ordering basic bites and xylemins because my dentist recommended them. (laughs) And xylemin is X-Y-L-I-M-I-N-T-S. Amazon, Walgreens, perhaps your favorite pharmacy or drugstore. And if anyone listening does have to manage the condition called dry mouth, please check with your dentist about what he or she recommends for you. Now, here's another little tip for better dental hygiene. Most of us have been doing things backasswards. And what I want to suggest to you is rinse your mouth before brushing. Because foods higher in acidity and any item with a high sugar content like that leftover bag of trick-or-treat candy can do damage to the mouth. So we need to rinse our mouths before brushing our teeth after consuming acidic foods. This means just take a swig of water and swish and rinse around a little bit before swallowing or spitting it out. Preferably, it's recommended you wait about a half an hour before grabbing your toothbrush, but if you're like me, pretty much always in a hurry, at least I have learned to rinse and swish and spit before brushing after every meal. As I said, October 28th is National Chocolate Day, but that is offset by Sunday the 29th, which is National Oatmeal Day. And then I'm glad they're on separate days unless you get them mixed up on Halloween where you can choose either chocolate or oatmeal. I want to inform you about a wonderful new program that's happening for seniors here in New Mexico. This month, October, the New Mexico Aging and Long-Term Services Department launched a very progressive new caregiver health model called New Mexicare. Now, this program is designed to provide supportive services to participants and their caregivers. New Mexicare offers financial support to individuals, caregivers, who do not otherwise qualify as a paid caregiver through Medicare or Medicaid. Qualified participants will be provided with a stipend of up to $12,000 per fiscal year for their existing caregiver respite or daycare worker and safety monitoring. Each participant will be given an individualized service plan and meet with a community engagement specialist to determine the best plan for their needs. This program is only available right now in a few counties here in New Mexico, but we hope that it expands to other counties throughout the state. New Mexicans who wish to learn more or apply for this program may do so online at newmexicare.org, N-E-W-M-E-X-I-C-A-R-E.org, or by contacting New Mexico Aging and Long-Term Services at one 
and select option four. <laughs> now, I don't know, last week I must have been in another Twilight Zone and I had my dates mixed up and thought that this week's episode, we were having our special guest to talk about Conference on Aging. Well, I had it wrong and that will be next week. So please be sure to join me when I get to interview Cabinet Secretary-designate Jen Paul Schreier, who's going to talk about all the wonderful things offered in November at the Conference on Aging. So consider finishing out this glorious October by sharing this podcast episode with someone else who might benefit. And if you have any tips or comments, you can email me directly at yourliferewired at gmail.com yourliferewired at (laughs) gmail.com. Join us next week when I know you will be rewired and ready for November. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is sponsored by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. On your favorite streaming platform, subscribe or follow to receive a reminder of new episodes. You can also share this free podcast with family and friends. Our music was written and sung by New Mexico's Lydia Clark. I'm your announcer, Don Converse. Till next time, remember to reconnect, recommit, and rewire. Inspiration, you've got all that imagination, so let's